the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Believing the Bible with Scott Lane and Terry Reed of the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association with a message of hope in today's troubled world based on biblical truths. We hope that today's program is enlightening and inspirational. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that scientists have created artificial life. She said that this shows how evolution could have started all by itself. Is that a fact? Did your teacher say how she defines life? Gee, Grandpa, no, she didn't. But what do you mean? What I mean is that scientists have made this kind of claim before. But they're making the same sort of assumptions about how life on Earth began. What kind of assumptions? Well, for one, since they don't accept what the Bible says, they can't know what the so-called primordial Earth was like. Next, they assume that the simplest bacteria they can find would be able to survive on its own. After years of study and millions of dollars of work on the project, they still couldn't make one that would reproduce itself. But at least they made one, didn't they? Like I said, it depends on what you call life. You see, they took the DNA from bacteria, copied it, removed some of it to make it as simple as they could, then they injected that stuff into bacteria they had removed the DNA from. Kind of reminds me of the Frankenstein movies. So they kind of copied what God had already made, but couldn't get it to work right? That's right. It's like we read in Romans one twenty-two, Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer, Ed Salzadel, all directors with the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Carl, thanks to you and your protege who's taking a swan song there in terms of production. That is kind of a belief system that's out there in the public that, well, you know, scientists have already produced life in the test tube. Therefore, it's just clear that this all could have happened by chance. I don't think you quite agree with that. It's like Yogi Berra would say, it's deja vu all over again. It's the same experiment that was done 10, 15 years ago where essentially a transplanted nuclear material or DNA material was taken from one organism and placed into another, and that's supposedly synthetic life. Uh, Now, this time, they basically took some DNA and took it to the copy machine and very expensively copied it. (laughs) And like some copy machines, a lot of errors were made and a lot of deletions were, were in place so that the organism that the DNA was inserted into could not reproduce nor could it feed very well. So it had to be fed to some degree. In other words, it had to be really propped up as far as nutrition. So has they produced life, not in any stretch of the imagination at all. I mean, all they've done is made an imperfect copy of God's design using enormous amounts of resources to do so. I'm going to go through a little bit of the history of this quest to create life by man. 
which starts probably in 1953. One of the things I want to do is not only to recap some of what you talked about, but also to emphasize, folks, that what I'm going to describe is some really interesting science and some really great work that have been done by people, stuff that I haven't done. I'm going to downcast it in the fact that they have not reproduced the life that God created, but they have done some very fascinating things. In 1953, Miller and Urey used water vapor, ammonia, methane, hydrogen, and, and electrical sparks to create amino acids. Now, they used those things I just described because they thought that was the, the composition of the early atmosphere on Earth. We now know from the amount of rust, basically, that we find deep in the Earth's crust that the early atmosphere contained a lot of oxygen. What we're going to describe, really impossible. But these amino acids come with both right-handed and left-handed chirality, which means the arrangements of the molecules. Life only uses left-handed amino acids, and only 20 out of the many types that are made. And another one of the difficulties for this experiment was to get it to live in this environment. It couldn't live in this environment, so the minute it was made, it was taken out in a capture bottle. There was no capture bottle in the early Earth. And likewise, it not only produced all these other amino acids which would not have been used for life and which would have been lethal to life, it also produced a huge amount of negative byproduct of tar. But again, it was very directed lab conditions just to get this the way it was. In 1957, Arthur Kornberg put together DNA from DNA. And then this was basically a Humpty Dumpty experiment, which I think, Carl, is what you were describing to a large extent, that they are using what God already gave us. But again, it was fascinating stuff. 1970, J.P. Daniele made living cell. Well, he didn't make a living cell. What he did was he took a living cell, took it apart, and put it back together again. And the fascinating thing was it worked. <laughs> God's stuff is so good that even when we try to screw it up and put it back together again, it actually functioned. A living cell is an amazingly complex thing. It has inside it, which we did not know when I was growing up, a directed highway of complex tubules, which get all sorts of enzymes, proteins, food sources, etc., oxygen, water, to different parts of the cell in a directed way. No process occurs in a cell unless specific steps occur and enzymes are emitted. And the tubes are often molecule-specific. For example, there are some tubes which will only channel water molecules because of the way they're designed. Others will only channel glucose because they're designed for that. This does not in any way look like a random processes. Now, from everything that I've talked about, and I haven't talked about the most recent stuff because we'll get back to that. After the break, I'm going to ask Terry what your thoughts are on this. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A dot org. Today we're talking about artificial life, and I just made a description of some of the early attempts at making life in a test tube. Terry, what were your thoughts on all this? As far as what Grandpa and Grandson were talking about in the intro, again, as Grandpa pointed out, they did not make life from non-life. They used life that already existed. In the second place, it took this monumental effort on the part of scientists to do this. So are they then saying that this is something that would happen naturally? Are they saying that life would start without an intelligent being or intelligent beings directing this? Well, for that to be true, they would have to be making the claim that they are not intelligent beings. 
<laughs> simulation of the early Earth by in, non-intelligence. Without, <laughs> without intelligence, and yet they're the intelligence putting together. Supposedly. I don't think I thought of it quite that way, but there is some truth there. You know, there's been so much done that makes people believe, well, you know, we, we just understand all of life, which is a grand lie. Correct. <laughs> and then we do these things like cloning. The problem people say, well, they're, they're cloning things. In fact, Texas A&M, my alma mater, is cloning dogs. If you want your mutt back, you might be able to get him for a short period of time. <laughs> the problem with cloning is it's a bad copy of what you had. It takes a lot of trial and error to get it accomplished. The first clone, Dolly, I believe, was the 276th try before they got it right. What they do is use an electric shock to fuse a starved mammary cell to a sheep's egg, which has had new DNA injected into it. But the problem is its telomeres are genetically old. Dolly, the original clone, had to be euthanized at age six. They usually lived to 12 or more because it had arthritis, lung disease, and all these maladies of age. So if you want to clone yourself, make sure you save some cells from when you were two, and then <laughs> it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of prior planning you're talking about right there. That's right. <laughs> Terry, your point is well made that if we ever do get to the point of making life, and incidentally, I'm skeptical that we will, but if we ever do get to the point of making true replicating life like what God has made, it will be the product of an unbelievable amount of research and design. Well, wait a minute. Is that what evolution is describing? In no way. In no way whatsoever. Carl, as you're listening to this, what are you thinking? Well, it just reminds me of the futility of thinking that the natural world, in other words, chance and happenstance, could have produced something as magnificent as even the lowly E. coli or chlamydia, which I think the cell was that was used to make it as simple as possible. Something that's very simple in our eyes is amazingly complex and to current capabilities is un impossible, it's just plain old impossible to reproduce through the laboratory. It can only be done through so-called natural means, which means God-directed means. Terry, did you have any thoughts on this? Well, I don't think we can do it any better than God did it. <laughs> There's deep truth there. Now, that hasn't stopped us from trying. What I described earlier was the early research. The latter research, they, again, have done some fascinating things. They've gone to the point to where they use synthetic lipids to create their own cell membranes which will allow for some amount of diffusive material through it. Now, incidentally, that's not the major way that food and resources get into a cell. Most of them get into a cell, again, by these design tubules. Active transport. Active transport. But again, they have designed this because it's their view of life, mm -hmm. of how it started. And they have injected their own DNA with using one different nucleotide than we normally use. Hmm. So it is truly designer life in ways. But it still comes up short in that the cells that they have created, I'll use that because they use some God material and some of their own, are never self-replicating. And in point of fact, in, with many of the processes which go on within the cell, they have to inject enzymes and direct things because they haven't figured out the correct instructions in the nucleus itself to get everything done. And that includes replication. And again, that shows the fact that 98.5% of the DNA we have still yet to decode. Right. We may know where everything is, but we don't know what it means right. because it's beyond our capability. It's so bright.
I think we also have to remember God started with absolutely nothing. <laughs> and we start with his stuff and we use his matter and he started with nothing. You got to make your own dirt. That's right. And as Carl would say, that's a fact. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger and Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you miss any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzadel, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.